With the latest slew of documentaries made specifically around Hillsong and church plants and how these things can create so much tension, a lot of people are scratching their head and asking, is this something that is a systemic issue in churchianity? Or is the media not giving us a fair shake? This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. I brought an amazing guest with us today, um, someone that I've known for, oh gosh, over a decade now, someone that has led one of the biggest young adult ministries in the country and has since went on to pivot and plant his own church here in Oceanside in North County, San Diego. Ladies and gentlemen, I brought along Pastor Jeff Moores. Hello, everyone. There we go. I messed that up. There we go. There you are. Oh, there I am. Hello, hello. Rhythm Church representing with the hat. Rhythm Church. There There we go. go. There we go. So if you guys don't know who Jeff Moores is, uh, pastor out here, Oceanside Rhythm Church, go check it out. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. And what something uh, something else people may not know about you is you've you've actually interviewed Brian Houston. I did. There you are. (laughs) There I am. There you are. That's right. There you are. Now, we're going to play that interview in a little bit uh, because it it kind of (laughs) foreshadows a lot of what we're uh, we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, So I want to get into the challenges of being a church planter, Yep. specifically the tension of volunteers and how it's depicted in the documentary versus reality. For sure. Um, And just generally speaking, what folks don't really know about this entire world, uh, because I think there's so much more to it but before we get into all of that um you watched the docuseries yep. episodes one and two mm-hmm. um you're you were kind of in some of these circles when you were doing think international which is a leadership channel you're doing with our buddy sean cannell um based on watching episodes one and two having interviewed brian houston what is your overall like thirty thousand feet impression of this docuseries Man, well, first, <clears throat> I got to say, you're phenomenal, bro. The whole, like... Thank you, man. Man, just the energy. Yeah. And then you're running all this stuff back here, <laughs> like pushing all these buttons. And this is amazing, dude. You'd think you got a crew of like 50 people working here, but... It's just it's just us right now. Yeah. It's just us and Chris is over there editing videos and there making thumbnails. In in the studio. Yep. Um, 30,000 foot view of, of episodes one and two is... Uh, I mean, I, I, there's definitely a, a lot of, I think, uh, over-embellishment with the media with it. Um, but I'd also say, too, though, that you, there's got there's elements of truth. You can't over-embellish something that there isn't a little bit of truth to. Okay. And so um, <clears throat> I think that it's giving a very skewed view of Christianity, a very skewed view of church, of church culture, mm-hmm. of... Um, volunteer church culture mm-hmm. of finances in the mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. and how things rock and how things go mm-hmm. um I, there's just so much I, I think right now it's like it's a it's really sad because the scandal of it all it's like oh gosh what did uh larry osborne a mentor of mine he says um you know like there was this there was the the mars hill podcast mm-hmm. that um uh 
he's it's like um destruction i know you don't say the word p-o-r-n on here yeah. right you could but just you could just say corn corn yeah. it's destruction corn it's, it's christian destruction corn mm. the people like they love it they like eat it up yeah. and it's and it's that gossip slander side mm. of us that like really feeds our flesh to see something beautiful destroyed mm. and so uh, but but I do think that there were uh, a, a lot of stuff that unhealthy in that culture that definitely needed to be fixed and changed and yeah yeah. What aspects of the documentary specifically? Because I've shared my thoughts, but what do you think was not accurate in terms of the docu series with um, FX and and yeah? I, I, I think the fact that they who they choose to interview because they're not choosing to interview the people that their lives are radically impacted mm-hmm. that you know like. Um, they stayed out of, you know, the people that stay out of the green rooms mm-hmm. and just go to church mm-hmm. and volunteer and do their thing and go mm-hmm. home, like, mm-hmm. very rarely are any of those people, like, hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you're, you're not getting the, the people that were radically impacted by the gospel mm-hmm. that was preached by the community that was created. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you leave that aspect out, and really, again, I know that, you know, everyone out there listening... <clears throat> the behind the scenes of it all is where things get ugly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, like the, the dining room is beautiful, but the kitchen's a mess. Mm. And so I think that, um, uh, when they really just focus on a few individuals, I'm sure there's a ton of individuals that work there, mm-hmm. loved it, had a great time, didn't get caught up in all the other stuff, mm-hmm. but then they don't talk to them cause that doesn't sell. Mm. They only talk to the people that were hurt, that wanted, that wanted to be the pastor, but didn't, yeah. you know, like I think there was, there's a person they're talking to that like helped start a location and eventually wanted to be a pastor and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But, mm-hmm. but were you gifted to do, to be mm-hmm. a pastor? Yeah. You know, could you speak? Could yeah. you teach? Could yeah. you preach? You know, could you lead a team? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was their mercy just to let you go hang out mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, Hey, you can't be a part of anything. Yeah. yeah. So like, there's always those, those, those things behind the scenes of like, yeah, I was radically hurt. You know, like I went to school to be a pastor and then they didn't let me teach. They didn't let me preach. Mm. Well, cause you were horrible at it. Cause you're not <laughs> gifted to do it, but they don't talk about that. You know? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, you know no, no, I mean? no, no. You go ahead. You're flowing, man. You're flowing. <laughs> this is great. Chad, if you're enjoying Jeff, uh, Pastor Jeff Morris, drop a one in the chat mm-hmm. right now. Oh, I, I, I think there's some, there's some, there's some validity to what you're saying. I think, the unfortunate part is the way other elements were backdoored that sure. weren't an indictment on Hillsong or Carl Lentz. They were an indictment on Christianity. Yeah. The fact that we're not affirming right. was an issue. Yep. Clearly, it was an issue to them. The fact that uh, we weren't pro-choice right. was an issue for them. It was, As yeah. if these things are exclusively political. They're not. These are, these are This is what the scriptures say. Yep. Right? And so I think there was something to the bait and switch. Sure. And ironically enough, my buddy John McCrae did a great video on it. And you guys should go watch this video. And he said, they hit us with the bait and switch. And in the same way they pointed out that Hillsong did the bait and switch of not being clear that they were right. what they were uh, against and yep. just talking about what they were for, mm-hmm. right? And being ambiguous on the LGBTQ thing. In the same way, the creators of the documentary also hit us with a bait and switch of like how this thing was going to look and then backdooring all these other ideas and ideologies in it. And it was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, we're not talking about, uh, you know, whether or not the church needs to be for these rights or these things and and all these other things get backdoored. And he's like, you guys hit us with the same bait and switch you're pointing out that Hillsong did, right? Right. 
How do you feel about that as a pastor specifically? Clearly, you don't want to be on a pulpit railing against all the sins and being right. specific. However, it's also not, I would say, not fair to the LGTV folks that, exactly. that are showing up yep. and they're like, well, Carl told me he didn't have an issue with me and my boyfriend. Yep. And I would, went on this show and I'm talking about the choir person. Yep, exactly. And yeah, then yeah. Brian Houston blindsides, seemingly blindsides them and drops this entire, uh, we've never, we've never heard, of, I, can't, I can't do the accent. <laughs> I'm Brian Houston. I've never had a We've never had an LGBTQ choir director. And so, like, that's not fair to them. Right. No, you know, if yeah. you're going and it's like, we're welcome home and yep. come as you are and all these things. And then the top guy is like, exactly. Yeah, we've never done that. You well, know? So, yeah, the, the bait and switch, I think, I think right now, more than ever before, clarity is key. Yes. Like, you have to be yes. clear on where you believe. Um, I know that there's certain pastors that pastor in New York City that at their welcome dessert or whatever you want to call it there, like get to know you and get to know our yeah. church class yeah. or, yeah. you know, culture class. Um, they go over, they go, hey, there's two main issues that you guys need to know where we stand on. Mm. One is uh, uh, the LGBT community. Yep. And then the other is uh, women in leadership. Mm -hmm. And they just map out um, scripturally why they believe that. Mm -hmm. And then they move on. Mm. So that way people coming to their church, they they... And whenever we at our church, people come up and they say, hey, I'm curious, you know, like I, I you know, I, I came, a woman, she came, she goes, I brought my wife with me. Um, are we welcome here? Mm -hmm. I go, 100%, you're welcome here. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, this is what we believe. We believe the scripture teaches husband, um, marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. Just kind of went real clear with her mm -hmm. and said, so, I mean, if this isn't your place, totally understand. Yeah. But you guys are welcome to attend for yeah. sure. And, and, yeah. go, and if you want to get into leadership things, then it becomes a different issue. But hold on, I want to yeah. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Sorry, bro. No, you're good. Um, is you're that good. is that scripture teaches that we are to hate what is evil yep. and cling to what is good. Come on. Right? And and I, there's a real danger because for a long time the church was known for what we stood against, mm. what we protested, what we picketed, so on and so forth. Yep. So there was that pendulum swing, mm -hmm. and that swing were kind of like Carl and Hillsong New York and and the real grace movement went to is like that, well, people are gonna know what we stand for. Mm -hmm. That's great, but Bible teaches, mm -hmm. right? Hate what is evil, cling to what is Come good. On. Come on. So it's simultaneously, yep. people need to know what we stand for, but they do need to know what we stand against. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I had a conversation with my therapist about that, and he said, you understand that in order to truly love something, you have to hate the antithesis of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, if you love babies, you have to hate the deletion of babies. Yeah. If you love women, you, women, you have to protect women. You have to hate people exactly. that abuse yeah. women. And I was like, whoa, like... That's so interesting because you never Bro. think of a the inverse of love is often hate for the thing that causes hurt to the thing you love, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that 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 that's that is so good, man. And I think, yeah, we we get we get off railed with that, and, and 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 I think we get startled. And I would say that those guys were doing a good job. Like if I'm fully honest, like I think Lentz was doing a good job in engaging millennials right. and engaging people that were hyper skeptical and cynical of faith. Yep. And in that, though, he seemingly lost himself, unfortunately, and he seemingly didn't get through a lot of the issues that he needed to get through in terms right. of just being a, a healthy, whole human, you know? Um, and that part, I was like, man, like you think about like the potential he had. And, and, and the flip side is you also think about, was that inevitable? 
mm-hmm. based on what we discovered top down from the culture and you know all the stuff that there's been dealing with and of course brian houston came out and has denied all of it and he's just like this is all not true right, he's just right. taking his you know and i'm like right. man like at some point like bud you caught a dui in california like your your own board made you step down you know, like like you got to take some inventory of this, you know. And for he sure. did an Instagram live and just basically denied all of it. Um, shout out to Jeremy Owen for the the super chat. He said someone needs to make a positive Christian culture documentary. I'm I'm sure we'll get around to it, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned, my guy. I think we will. <laughs> uh, I think I think there's there there's um there's an entire aspect to this where it it really does seem like there's an there's an axe to grind you know and so before we get into volunteers i wanted to play your interview oh with okay. brian houston you guys ready for this so here's pastor jeff interviewing brian houston let's go from a couple what is this nine years ago nine years ago all right here we go let's uh i'm gonna play this a little fast so we can get through it and uh let's listen up when Bobby and I started at our church, because people say, you know, how did you build a strong church culture? And I thought, well, how did it? And I thought, you know, I never really tried to build a church culture. We just had to be. Like in those days, there was no one else to sweep the floor after the service in the little school hall. I had to do it myself. And uh, so we just, I and, um, so, um, think, just be who we needed to be to build a church. Be, and obviously, be as be life goes on, functions change and roles, and you've got a lot more people around you and so on. But you can never, ever stop. Um, being the culture that you intend. If you're a faith-filled person, if you're a fun-loving person, if you're a, a, a passionate person about other yeah. people, then you'll tend to, that's the world you're going to live in. Yeah. And I think oftentimes when it comes to culture, our view of God is so critical. Mm. Uh, the, the, the story of the parable of the talents, you know, the, the two guys who took what they were given and doubled it, and the one guy who took what he was given and buried it in the ground. And the interesting thing to me is they serve the same master, yeah. but the two what they heard from the master was well done you're good and faithful yeah. uh you've been faithful a little i'm going to give you opportunity over much enter into the joy mm-hmm. the other guy he said about the same master i knew you to be a hard man wow. reaping where you haven't sown so same master totally different perspective and i honestly think when it comes to framing the culture of our church even our family uh the way we do it the, the, the one of the most critical things is the way we view god wow. and i can often tell a person for you a god by the culture of their church if they're legalistic and harsh if they're you know yeah. if it's if it's cold or if it's open gracious yeah. inclusive i think our view of god's critical all right so how do you how do you think of that moment in hindsight that was nine years ago right yeah. and what do you what do you make of that now uh this is 2014 2013 2014 2013 or 14 There's by the a, way so sean Cannell is the one who shout out he to, was, the, to sean Cannell. he was the one videoing that day <laughs> and we're going to come yeah. back to sean Cannell. yeah let's because because that's oh, important yeah. that's when we talk about one, yeah. volunteer yeah um so what do you like having seen a documentary clearly he's innocent so proven guilty sure so these are all alleged things but what do you what do you think of that in in hindsight of kind of everything that's unfolded with his church culture with his church culture first off at that point from everything that i'd heard from brian houston um he is a, he was a leadership guru mm-hmm. he was man when it came to teaching on leadership when you were when you looked from the outside at hillsong the cult the leadership culture they had it seemed like it was amazing mm-hmm. i mean they were producing high quality leaders left and right um but when he talks about you bead the culture you mm-hmm. bead the culture your, your impression is much better than mine yes, thank you um I mean, look at how it played out. Mm. You, that you bore the culture, and that's what you created. Mm. You know, like when you look at what happened top down, as now everything comes out. You know, Brian <clears throat> uh, getting busted, DUIs, uh, getting into some woman's hotel room, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, then look at Carl. Yep. You know, and I'm sure a lot of other things that we haven't heard about, and yep. you know, and, and people and so forth. I, you know, uh, people that. 
I knew that went there. They, the, the, there was a very much a party culture within green rooms. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to be cool and fun loving yeah. and you go out, have a drink with your, with your staff and stuff, yeah. that's cool. But yeah. like when you start taking it to that excess, yep. excess, yeah, excess, then that's, I mean, yeah. So it's funny to look back on that and go, oh, he really, he was being the culture and this yeah. is the culture that ultimately he created. <sighs> there's this, there's this, point they made in a movie where it said god doesn't uh call the qualified he qualifies the call yeah which i've I, said that i've said that a few I, times. I, we've yeah. all said it it's yeah. a great quote it's a great quote yeah but when we're talking about i don't know if we want to call it nepotism cronyism whatever right. whatever we call it right like is that always true in the sense of how churches get built a lot of times is like with the people who are in positions of access and power exactly to specifically do something like hillsong in new york city or in la major city it's going to be the people that that have access to power and and a lot of times it's going to be the people that are charismatic good looking 100 you know what i mean right. and so it's like is that god calling the you know is that guy quali is that god qualifying the called yeah. or is that just you're tall handsome good looking and can talk well and so therefore you get a church you get a church you get a church you know what i mean yeah what do you make of that like like how do we promote leaders and platform yeah. people within the context of specifically church planting well i think that there's you definitely have to have a gift mix right mm -hmm. so i mean when you look at somebody like carl when they sent him there to i mean hillsongs further like th from their own mouths like when they go to start a campus somewhere, their strategy literally is they hold up a Hillsong sign. Mm. Like they, you know, uh, been to round tables where they're, you know, all these different churches are talking about how they start campuses and how they start new churches. And, mm -hmm. you know, all these people have like massive strategy and Life Church has all this strategy. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know, mate, we just go and hold up a sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cause they be, built that brand in they music. Built that brand in yeah. music, 100%. Yeah. And so, um, but there is a gifting that you have to have. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to communicate. Yep. You have to be able to uh, to lead. You have to be able to inspire. Mm -hmm. um, you you have to be able to gather. Mm -hmm. And if you look at someone like Carl, he's got all of that. Mm -hmm. He's got the charisma. He's got all of that. And he just happens to be super ripped. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, so I I think they're man. I, I don't. I'm not totally thinking this through, but like. I think it's massively strategic to send somebody like Carl to New York. Mm. I think that's brilliant, really. Mm. I mean, like, he's the but. It, but but the funny thing is, that if you look at their other campus, look at mm. the guy in London. Yeah. Um, the, the Phil Dooley when he was in South Africa, mm -hmm. they're not those guys aren't like like models. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not like super handsome. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy I think is Gary Clark out in London. Just old, old dude that's balding. Yeah. You know, like yeah. So, so Carl was an outlier amongst kind Car of a, Carl a different was an outlier. model. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you, man? That's yeah. That's so interesting. What do you, um, what do you make of the idea of volunteers, quote unquote, being exploited? Mm -hmm. And as someone that functions, you run a local church. Yep. Yet. It's not the same as it is in Hillsong, and there's a couple things that that are different in Southern California. But this notion that people are exploiting volunteers and doing mm -hmm. all this thing, right? 
speak into that a little bit because I think there's some there's some key elements and and things that are missing from the conversation, but then there's also some things that are upsides to volunteering for sure. What do you would you make of that whole sequence? <clears throat> um, well, man, uh, I've got I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Okay, for, first being, um, you can always say no. Mm. You know, so it's 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 not I, I don't want to like shame them and say like man you know uh you guys were were lame for volunteering all those hours and now hating somebody for it yeah. but at the same time like just say no i'm like done but i understand being caught up in a culture though mm. to where you feel like you can't say no yeah and so um uh <clears throat> i think though that volunteering in a church is part of what we do. We're called to be the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? And it says in Ephesians 4 that, you know, God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say to equip the people so they get paid to do something that a volunteer can do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and most churches don't make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Because we're all we're all based on donations, yep. tithing. I mean, if everyone tithed, we'd be we'd be the body of Christ would be dialed. Sure, but um, <clears throat> but that means that we can't pay everyone to do mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, many hands make light work. Mm-hmm. And so, the more people that are stepping in to like help in children's ministry, to help you know, uh, host and greet and serve and all over the place and worship and so on and so forth, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like it's what we're called to do mm-hmm. as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you think about it, there's so many other uh, organizations out there that run off volunteers too. Hello, but yep. they're not. But they're not bagging on them. Yep. You know, like how about the person that just put in so many you know hours at the food bank mm-hmm. and like is suffering because you know like they're taking food from the food bank because they have to because they don't got a real job that's yeah. paying them. But like no one's like, man, that food bank. Yeah, yep. they're yep. just exploiting. Yeah, you know, they're exploiting the hungry yep. like crazy. You know. Yeah. Yep. So I think on that end that it's. Uh, I think that there can be a bad culture of volunteerism that says you're here all the time, you do everything, and if you're not, then in some way, shape, or form, you're cast out from mm-hmm. like the in crowd. Was it true that they had volunteers as personal assistants, though? I don't know, true or not, yeah. I, uh, but I do know that. I mean, they had they had people that would volunteer to drive them places, do stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, because, that's because, a little I mean, weird. It, it is a little weird. It is, 100%. <laughs> you don't have a personal assistant volunteer. No, no, yeah. uh-uh, no, no, yeah. uh-uh. But, if somebody, <laughs> but honestly, but I would say, though, like if somebody volunteered and said, hey, man, I'd love to pick you up and drive you to church and then mm-hmm. drive you home, or I'd, I'd be down because that's more time that I get to think about the message. Mm-hmm. That's more time. Like uh, I used to be like real, I kind of, I joke around a little bit about it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if I was, you know, like riding to church with somebody, I'd be like, I got my personal driver, you know, because mm-hmm. all those, you know, big name pastors that do that stuff, I think yeah. it's pretty stupid. But um, but the amount of work that you can get done, though, if people are driving you from place to place mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm. Like, I mean, you could just Uber, though. You could Uber. You could. <laughs> you, could you could Uber, I guess. <laughs> You just Uber. <laughs> you can Uber. Cab. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but then you, I guess you're, you're, that, that costs money. And then people yeah. will be like, is that coming out of your personal or is that coming out of the church budget? Right. Is the church budget, is there an Uber budget yeah. for the church now? I'm cool with a church having an Uber budget in New York City. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think that's fine. There's an interesting dynamic that <laughs> w- wasn't pointed out, which is 
so obvious, but we were talking to one of our friends who pastors in New York City. Yeah. And he pointed out that it's very difficult to get a building in New York City. Oh, 100%. And they're renting out Irving Plaza. Yeah. Renting out urban Irving Plaza, yeah. which is in the heart of Manhattan. Super expensive. It's pricey. Iconic venue. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were spending 50 to 100 grand a week on that venue. Oh, easy. I think that's what they were spending in London. Yeah. For the, the theater they get there. And so renting out one of those theaters in the heart of New York City isn't cheap, on top of which you then have to set all that stuff up. Right. You got to set all that stuff up. And I remember going to Hillsong, New York City, and it wasn't it wasn't like over the top production. Like it was mm -hmm. fairly straightforward, you know. I don't even know if they had an LED screen on the stage, you Probably know. Not the beginning. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it was pretty it was pretty simple. Yeah. Believe it or not. And so I think omitting that detail that like you're in a major city, it's impossible to get a venue there. You know what I mean? And and then yep. you, you you people keep showing up. So what do you do? You just start turning people away. Yeah, you've you got a, you got a large church, you're running multiple services. Um, you are uh, one the amount of money it costs. You have a church that's mainly tons of new believers, mm -hmm. tons of millennials, young millennials who probably aren't giving. Yep. So the amount of money that it's taking just to to do church every week versus the amount of money probably that you're receiving in tithes and offerings. Yeah. You know. You think they were? You think that? You think that they were as profitable as the documentary made them seem? Like if we're yeah. like like just let's throw out a ballpark number, let's say Irving Plaza costs fifty grand a week. That's two hundred grand a, a month. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. That's, That's a lot of money. It's three million a year. Yep. Just to turn the lights on. Yep. Plus sound. Yep. I, so and, and who's getting who's getting paid? Like maybe a, a staff when, of twenty when they, people. When they first started, I actually had a friend that was connected. Um, the when they first started, I think it was Carl was getting paid, mm -hmm. and I think uh, his assistant. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Joel. Yeah. But so you're talking it. about a staff of three people initially. Staff of three people initially. Yep. Then you have your children's person, you have all that stuff, and then, you know, they grow so rapidly. Yep. It is a church plant. Yeah. It is a church plant. Yeah. And so I think omitting some of those variables and just assuming that, like, everything was getting cash flowed and they were... Right. Break, like, I, I, it I would be shocked if they didn't break even for a while, just from... Like, oh, I'm 100% the mothership was supporting them. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, that he, you know, do you think a lot was coming in from like celebrity donations and like guys like Justin Bieber were writing? I would fat assume checks? so. Yeah. yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, in terms of volunteering, we've seen multiple people. We we could talk about Sean. Yep. We could talk about myself that have yep. greatly benefited from volunteering in church for sure. And I think that that line is 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 it is a good tension to have, right? Um, uh, our same friend who pastors in New York, uh also said like he had all the worship teams take a break for the summer mm -hmm. you know what i mean because mm -hmm. they're they are multi-site and they do have to set up and right. so they stripped down worship and went to just acoustic you yep. know in yep. all in all all the multi-sites um uh we, we 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 see this this tension of volunteers even when i was at rhythm sunday you guys didn't have the led wall outside for the overflow you just had a tv mm -hmm. and you're like yeah it just it didn't it wasn't worth the the time yeah and to, the strain on the volunteers and the strain to, yeah. to set it up so there's a there's a there's a ten there's a healthy tension there yep. that I think the church needs to recognize and the volunteers need to be responsible as well as with boundaries on their For end sure right 
But talk about some of the positive sides of volunteering. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't volunteer at my church. So I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if yeah. I hadn't started out volunteering. I yeah. think volu like volunteering is massively important. Um, the so the amount here's what volunteering does for you. Um, again, my mind's just bouncing around with all the different things, but volunteering one, it, it, it allows you to contribute mm -hmm. to the kingdom. You're working in the kingdom, which by the way, the side note, this, this is really sad. Uh, post COVID volunteerism in the church is down. Mm. Like I think by uh, like 60%. Wow. Like there's some churches that I could name right now that had, that had a base of like 14,000 volunteers that now have a base of 2,500 volunteers. Oof. Still yeah. the same amount of campuses, all that stuff. Yeah. People just didn't want to come back and, and give their time yeah. anymore. But volunteering, not only uh, does it allow you to help build the kingdom, uh, it gives you community. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in the church, when you're, when you're, you know, like going the same way, the same mission, the same thing with people, yeah. you're rubbing shoulders, especially for men. Yeah. I, think, I think volunteering for men is like, we were built to work. Yeah. We're built to move and do things. Yep. And when we get to do that with other men, with yep. other men of God, yep. Man, the conversations that take place, the, I mean, everything. So that, but then it also allows people to develop skills mm -hmm. that um, you might have to pay for other, other places. Hello. So for instance, Sean Cannell. Yep. Um, uh, now, I mean, you know, Think Media, all the stuff that he runs, mm -hmm. it started because I was like, I want to do video announcements. Yeah. It's like then like two thousand three. Yeah, dude. Yeah, two thousand three, <laughs> two thousand four. Like you know, like recording on like this little thing, the little DVR tapes, and yep, putting yep. in the, the thing and the VHS and how it all worked. Yep. But it was um, so it was us giving him a a tool that he couldn't afford himself. Mm -hmm. We bought him. A, we bought a camera, mm -hmm. which um, which was a lot of money. Which back was then. a lot of money back then. We bought. This is probably illegal, but we we bought a student edition like of Adobe. And we probably shouldn't have used it for church. <laughs> but it was, it was youth ministry in the early 2000s. We were just doing whatever we're doing, right? So, but we gave him editing software, yep. which he wouldn't have gotten on his own mm -hmm. on a computer, which mm -hmm. he may have had a computer, mm -hmm. right? But we got all that stuff in there dialed. Um, and then fast forward to today, you know, he put in tons of time, tons of late nights, but he learned and he got skilled and he, you know, same thing for me. I yep. volunteered. I was doing youth ministry. Yep. I mean, I was getting paid 150 bucks a month. Yeah, I wasn't full time until our youth ministry hit 150. Yep, 150 people on a on a, on a regular, like on a weekly basis. Wow. And then um, from there, but how, but man, it got me scrappy. Yeah, yeah. It got me trying to figure out how do I build teams because yep. I can't do all this stuff by myself. Yep, yep. You know. Yep. yep. Shout out to Olo Femi in the house. I think I said your name right, but he said preach church volunteering started my film production Let's career. Go. And so here's his YouTube channel. Love um, it. He's hanging out in the chat. And so, you know, half a million subscribers. Let's go, bro. Um, he's making videos. He's making films. Uh, and he, he's crushing it, you yeah. know? And so, like, there's so many guys like this in the YouTube space who started exactly the way Sean started, myself yep. included, that uh, had I not had the opportunity to learn all this, or even though this stuff existed and how to combine it right. all, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And how many musicians that mm -hmm. started playing guitar in their youth group, you know, worship band yep. Yep. 
that are now like out there, like, you know, they're recording artists, yeah. they're, they're, uh, uh session musicians, yes. all, all sorts of stuff. They're, yes. they, they're, they're able to earn an income now. Yeah. yeah the, the pros, I think of volunteering far outweigh the cons massively. I think do you, that, know, you know how many like wedding volunteer coordinators and how many mm, like like party planners and all that stuff got their start yeah. doing events in church? Yeah, it's good. Volunteering for events. Gra- Tons, graphic dude. designers, graphic clothing design, lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also a good tension of how can churches build in systems mm-hmm. so that volunteers can feel cared for. Um that's and, good. And also have opportunity to try different things and seeing kind of like what is their sweet yep. spot but also um leveraging technology and all the things that, that we get to do with you know with with the tech and just making stuff mm-hmm. simpler you know um even simple things like having food for volunteers like little things like that can go a long way to, i think to boost morale in, in 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 with that specific conversation i think when you have a when you build it into your culture a culture of appreciation mm. Because not everyone has the same, like, you know, there's love languages. Not everyone has the same appreciation language, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a pat on the back and a good job, Rue, might, might do it for you. Yeah. But, um, but for others, it's like, man, I'd much rather have a gift card, yep. you know, or yep. I'd much rather have, you know, a one-on-one coffee with my team lead. Or, yeah. So it's, it's you got to figure out what your, uh, your volunteer appreciation love language is for your volunteers. Yeah. That's why I think it's important to have people over teams that, that can figure that stuff out. Yeah. But um, but if you build in to your overall organization, not just church, but organizational culture of mm-hmm. you appreciate those that do the work, mm-hmm. um, then it, it makes them feel a part of something and they want to stay there. What was wrong with Hillsong is there's very much a rock star mentality of I want to do everything I can mm-hmm. to get to the top person mm. because that's what we're here for is the top person. Mm. We're here to serve. We're not here to serve the kingdom. We're here to serve the top person. Mm. We're here to make Brian happy. Or we're here to make Carl happy. Or mm. we're here to make. And yeah. so it, that, that then becomes a very toxic volunteer culture because then you're volunteering to be seen. Mm-hmm. And when you're not seen mm. by the top guy, then you get resentful. Yeah. And that's what you have a lot of. And that's what you, you hear that poison in a lot of the, like the, as the people are talking about uh, their grievances with the church. Do you think he could alleviate it being the top person by just giving more access? Or do you think it would, it just, it just, there was so much that people wanted from him. There was no way he was going to, you know, cause yeah, you, you, like you, you pastor rhythm church, right? Uh, how many people are coming on a Sunday? Approximately five fifty ish, five fifty ish. Okay. So it's not 7,000 no. that they were pulling, but it's still 500 people yeah. that, sure want to talk to you i'm sure right. want your attention you're out there you're not in the green room you're not hiding out you meet everybody do you think having a culture where you meet everybody like say a um chris brown at north coast mm-hmm. he's always out there there is no green room right he's right. always mingling right do you think that could alleviate some of this volunteering wanting to be seen by the guy because the guy is exclusive right. and he's private and he's pulling up and he's jumping out the car walking on the stage preaching right like yeah. Do you think that that kind of creates that sort of culture, or do you think that culture was just a byproduct of how they were building it, and they ha- he had to do all that stuff? I think it's a both and. Okay. I think it's for sure a byproduct of, of what they had going on. I'd also say um, that you can only be accessible to so many people. Okay. And with the amount of people that I'm sure wanted to connect with, talk with, you know, like there's, I mean, it can be draining. Okay. But I know, like for me personally, um, every Sunday I'm going home tired. Okay. So I know that Sunday night, I'm exhausted because I'm there. I'm there to minister God's word, mm-hmm. and I'm there to love his people. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, in a, but again, it's not 7,000, yep. but there's, <clears throat> there's also a, a, a piece of it too, that, um, like, yeah, there's, there's the, the green room culture, there's the, the hiding away. But I think if you can platform other people mm. to where you're, it's not about you being the superstar. Yeah. Right. So like, there, there's always like human nature is to make an idol of, of everything. Right. Sure. So people like we go out in public and people are like, no way is that. Yeah. That Ruslan. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've, we've been at, we've been at dinner and they're like, Hey man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. Like, sure. So sure. Get, that's just what, that's just what people do. It's, yeah. we, it's like, we can't help but celebrify. I don't know if that's a word, but celebrity eyes people. Yeah. And so that there's always going to be an element of that. But I think the the more that you can like spread the influence and spread the authority to other people, then it doesn't just become about you, 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 you. You know, and, and, and so it's so interesting. So I think that's so good. And I think like what, when people want to meet the guy, like mm-hmm. what, what is it that they really want? Like what do you think they really want? They probably want a word of encouragement. Mm-hmm. They want to be seen. Yeah. Some of them might want a favor. Right. Can you help me with the da 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 right? And so I think like you, you pointed that out. Like I did the Greg Laurie's uh, Harvest Church's mm-hmm. Young Adults, right? And I stuck around. I met every single person. Right. I ta- I, and I literally had, I'm not exaggerating, I probably had about 50 individual conversations. Right. Right. And I, one, it's good for me because it, 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 it so much of what I do is just numbers on a screen. Like, yeah. oh, there's 367 yeah. people watching right now. Okay. Well, yeah. man, yesterday, Jeff, there was 500 people watching. So I wonder why there's less people watching. It's probably me. It just becomes a number <laughs> on the screen for me. Right. right? Yeah, but yeah. when you go and talk to 50 people, Right. It's so good for me to see 50 people that these are real yeah. people on the other side of this exchange and that I, I I should be praying for them. I should be thinking about them. I should be considering them. I I should be humanizing them. So I personally have no problem with access. Right. Clearly, we're not all going to go and have waffles with my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. that's not going right, to happen. For sure. Right. But... I could sit and I could and I could engage and I could be present and 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 what are they ultimately and so I just think of like when I pulled up to Hillsong, New York City in 2016, I was on tour. I wasn't in a great place spiritually, and I was hoping to see Carl. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. Rich was there. What did I really want? Right. I didn't really want much. I think I just wanted like a hey man, good to meet you, man. What do you do? You do music, bro? That's rad. Right. How awesome is that, right. man? Dude, I'll be praying for you, man. Good to like. I think that's what most people want. Like they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And a small percentage of them are weirdos. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. And, and 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 probably shouldn't meet the guy. Right. But I think most I think that's what most people want. And so I think there's something healthy to you saying, Yeah, I'm gonna stick around and I'm gonna make myself accessible. And I think it's healthy for the culture around yeah. the person, the guy, you right. know? So I just I just wonder if if how much of that was he just couldn't do it and well, I think well, you know, and 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 yeah. then the the, the fake because I I do feel like there is an element where you start creating the fame machine, 100%. you know what I mean, and you start playing into some of that. Yeah, well, because it feels good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it feels really good. I'm not going to be out there with the commoners. I'm going to be in the green I'm, room I'm the green doing room. important and, things. And it's in oh, everyone wants to know me and yeah. be you know like and and <clears throat> there there are the weirdos that are going to come up and be like, hey, can. And you can um, here's my issue with my grandma, and yeah. can you pray for that? And you're yeah. like, man, there's other stuff to do or whatnot. But then, but then there's this now because of the celebrity culture we live in. Some people just want a picture with you, mm. which is weird. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm cool with that too. We could take a picture. Exactly. Well, I mean, it, that's fine. But like, but the thing is, is like, he's James. James talks about Elijah was a man, mm-hmm. just like you and me. Yeah. 
you know, yep. that I, yep. that we have a tendency to, we want to post a picture with the celebrity that mm -hmm. we were just with or yep. the, you know, or the cool pastor that we were sure, sure. like, we want to, and which is again, I, I, it, maybe it's a clout thing for people now, yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Not just uh, like for me, and, and I think you're a little bit different in this. So you, again, we always have to think about, okay, you wanted to go because you were like, man, I just want some encouragement right yeah. now in my music. Yeah. And, and this, I look up to this guy. Yeah. And so that that's good. For me, I'm like, I want to sit down with this guy and I want to learn how the heck he did what he did. Mm. I want to know like, man, how did you grow that team? How mm. did you, mm -hmm. what's the whole structure here? Yeah. Who did you, like, I want to gain leadership principles. So if sure. I'm going to have moments in time, like when we met with Greg Laurie, mm -hmm. I just want to ask that guy questions all day long. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about this? What do you yeah. think about that? How yeah. did we go there? Yeah. How we get that, you know? Yeah, and he sat there and answered. He sat there and answered. Super cool. He's super cool you know? dude. Yeah. yeah, and then I wanted a picture with him. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, this is Craig Laurie. Yeah, bro, this guy's a legend in the kingdom. But it was after massive, uh, um, inter interpersonal, personal, yeah, just personal communication. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting conversation. And and obviously somebody said like, is the difference between. 150 to 300 people room or whatever and, oh, and, and thousands obviously yeah. there's a there's a difference massive difference i'm just saying there's there's also a difference in creating an environment where you become the guy because i'll also say there's churches of 150 and 200 and they act the same way and they act the same way oh, yeah. and people look at the pastor the same way and the, and there's churches of thousands of 10,000 yep. with chris brown bro larry who, osborne and larry osborne who never's in the green room never yeah. and larry for the longest time i mean chris does it different but but still Larry Osborne had people into his house for their new to church welcome in his living room. Yeah, that's gangster. That's so gangster. Yeah. That's also kind of dangerous and a little, a little bit crazy low key. nowadays. Yeah. You have to have some security <laughs> yeah. there. But like, yeah, because yeah. Larry's like, I'm not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two questions. Should there be a limit of how much people can volunteer? Like an hour cut off. Somebody pointed that out. And 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 how do you get people to volunteer? Where's that healthy tension of like, all right, dude, like, we're not going to have you do all three services every Sunday. I know you want to, but you got to sit down and just worship and and right. you need to just get the word, right? Mm -hmm. So is is there too much volunteering, you think? Like like where's the line? Yeah. Um so I, I have a thing where and I tell our staff this, we we don't say no for people. Okay. Um but we let people know that they can say no. Mm -hmm. Because uh if you've got, if you're independently wealthy and you got all the time in the world and you want to come into the office and work 20 hours for us, mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you no. Sure. I'm not going to hey, that's just unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But if you have the, if you have the time and if you have the, you know, I, I think it comes down to as a shepherd, mm -hmm. you know, your sheep mm -hmm. and as hopefully as a team lead, you know, those that you're leading. Mm. And if you tell, you can tell that somebody's getting burnt out. Mm -hmm then you you can step in and say hey like let's have a conversation about this mm -hmm. um we've we've got a guy that volunteers for us and he loves it is mm -hmm. there is there all the time mm -hmm. and he does a lot of stuff that like a lot of people don't like to do you know like a lot of like the hard kind of almost like labor things but mm -hmm. he's all about it mm -hmm. because he's just wired that way yeah. he's built that way and if i was to step in and say like nah man i don't think you should well he's gonna go somewhere else and do it mm -hmm. Mm. Or he's going to feel a little bit rejected that, man, you don't you don't want to utilize what yeah. I have to how, offer. How much is he working? They're like, well, what is he doing? Are you talking someone that's doing 20, 30 hours a week or stuff? No, no, oh, I'm okay. talking. I'm talking. He's he's probably he's there two services weekend, and then you know maybe uh, five hours a week. 
Okay. You know? But but then again, we've got a we've got a couple who they greet every single weekend, mm-hmm. every single service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at one point we were like, hey, we don't we shouldn't do that. Yeah. And they were like sad. Wow. They're like, this is the highlight of our week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like this is bless like them. it's like a date day for yeah, us. They bless love them. it. That's so cool. And so I'm like, okay, then yeah. wave at people at yeah. the door. <laughs> do you do you think it would be different though if you guys were pulling up to the House of Blues every Sunday? So you know, <laughs> setting set up, up set, sound set up lights, culture. Yeah, dude, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, do you think that would be different? Yeah, no. At, at that point, so this comes into the other question about getting volunteers, right? Yeah. So at that point, like, you need to have Team A and Team B and probably Team C. Yeah. You know, like if you're doing that, even in our children's ministry, mm-hmm. we have that. Like, people don't volunteer every week in mm-hmm. our worship ministry. People don't volunteer, especially in a worship ministry, they don't volunteer every week because mm-hmm. it's intensive. We're doing four services, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, and if you're setting up and you're tearing down, depending upon how many services you're there, so you have to attract volunteers to help do it. So mm-hmm. one, you let them know that they're making an impact. That's how, like one, you, you don't, you never, you never lead with, Hey, we really need this. Mm-hmm. You lead with vision mm. of like, man, we're setting up church yeah, and there's going to be 150 people at this service. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in those seats that you're setting up right now. Yep. And a few of them have never heard the gospel before, and they're going to hear the gospel for the first time. Mm-hmm. This could be the weekend that changes their life. Yeah, and you're and you're, you're a part of this. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I heard a, a guy say one time, uh, "Never apologize for asking anybody to do something for the kingdom." Yeah, that's good. And so, so you you kind of lead with that vision. Yeah. But then, um, uh, after leading with that vision, then it's equipping them to do what they do. This is where we always blow with the volunteers is we fail to equip them and train them to do what it is that mm, they're doing. That's good. So we're like, you're on the LED wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. And then yep. he's over there fumbling with the LED wall, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't work right that weekend. And then the tech guy gets chewed out. And then, you know, does that make sense? So yep. like being like leading with vision and then equipping them to do it yep. and then appreciating them afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when our church was mobile for the first, um, for the first, on a year or two mm-hmm. and uh there was I don't know, a good good six months to a year that i was on the setup of the sound and okay. i would do every other sunday so we'd pull up we'd load up all the speakers the subs everything throw it in the back of a van set it up someone else would run the sound and uh it was it was hard yeah it was hard but it wasn't like every other Sunday wasn't like crazy. No. I was also 17, 18 years old at the time. Exactly. You know, so yeah. I was just down to just do anything. Right. You know what I mean? I was I was down, I was having a blast. I thought it was great. Um yeah, I, th- I th- thought it was good. Shout out to Sean Cano in the house. Yeah. Our very own. We were talking about you earlier, Ooh. bud, and how important volunteering was. Uh shout out to so there's there's some good things coming in. Somebody, okay, so here's a good question. Uh, and uh, you can riff on this. I'll just I'll, I'll riff on this from a very simple standpoint. Sure. He says, why is there not a desire to return to the original Ecclesia meeting house to house? I have my own opinion, but would like to hear your perspective. Um, here's my opinion, and I would re- recommend you go and you check out the series by David Guzek on church history. This idea of the church only needs to be house to house mm-hmm. is nowhere in church history. Right. They met in house to house because they couldn't meet in buildings and do anything of scale because they were getting persecuted. The moment the church can have buildings, they did. That is just the fact of church history. Mm-hmm. And again, I would recommend you go check out David Guzek. So it's not like there was this like 
first 300 years, the church was underground, and then Constantine took over, and we're all pagans! (laughs) That is not what happened. Uh, It got corrupted by the Romans, and it became pagan. (laughs) That is not, like, this whole pagan Christianity, it's it's just, it's completely nonsense. It's It's so not true. They were meeting with the very first moment they got to meet into a building, they got into a building. Right. Immediately. And this is this wasn't that late. This is like I wanna say 175 AD. So this is, you know, this is very early on that the moment they could, they did. And so why don't you uh why do we only have to meet meet in houses houses? And how do you come to the presupposition that, that you have to yeah. do it that way? Like it yeah, was, we it should was have even before then too though. Yeah. Well so, they, they yeah. met in the, the the ecclesia literally means like the local assembly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this is this, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. You 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 go riff on that. So for one, the Book of Acts is prescriptive, not descriptive. Mm. No, sorry, it's descriptive, descriptive not, not prescriptive. prescriptive. Yeah. Sorry, flip that. Um, and so it's funny when people always want to get back to the Church Acts or the or the or the early church. Which, by the way, the early church had massive problems. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul wrote all those letters. Yep. Is because there was issues in the church. There was yep. racism in the church. There was bickering in the church. Mm-hmm. There was sexism in the church. There was all, I mean, all of it was happening in the church. Yes. And so, um, so the early church was messy. Yeah. Um, but I'd also say though too that like Paul, when he when he, it was in Ephesus, yeah, he taught in the hall of Tyrrhenius. Mm-hmm. Like he rented out a public space mm-hmm. and had gatherings in there mm-hmm. where he taught. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't in a house. Yeah. He was he was doing lectures in a public in a public space in yeah. the public hall yeah. in a building, and also too. There's some historical evidence that would say that uh, I think it was the church in, in the th- church in Ephesus would also have massive gatherings in their in their giant kind of theaters. Yeah. yeah. So you know that church, I think at one time they say was either between fifteen to thirty five thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's all throughout church yeah. history. So, yeah. Um, they met in churches. David Gazak series is great on this. So the other thing I'd say though too is that like for the amount of good that a house church can do versus the amount of good uh, a church of Four or five hundred can do in a community is vastly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or or the ability to scale. That's what I mean. Yeah, of one guy that does have a gift to articulate profound, mm-hmm. often seemingly complicated truth and simplify it for the average person so they could implement it into their marriage, into yeah. their home, into their finances, into their yeah. career, and that being able to scale mm-hmm. to thousands. I think. Is a massive W, hundred percent. Right? And so, like, our our mega church is biblical, right? When is a church too big? I mean, I don't know. Like, let's ask Charles Spurgeon that, right? You know, like this man was preaching in front of thousands, like OG mega church, right? Yeah. There's a lot of big gatherings that were happening throughout church history that I, I I personally don't think we should limit it. I do think that this brings up an interesting question. Jesus taught to five thousand men plus women and children. Yeah, so that was probably. Thou, you know, thousands more. <laughs> thousands more, yeah. You know? Um, but I do yeah. think it, it, it brings up an interesting point, which the documentary explored, which is like church finances, right? And how do you, what's a healthy way to navigate church finances? And how much is an average member entitled to know if they're giving to a church? And, mm-hmm. and, and, how, and how would you look at all of that? Because I think it sounds like... Um, it sounds like they were definitely not disclosing much financial information. Right. It sounds like these folks were using church cards to spend it on personal stuff and, sure. and, and just kind of wild stuff. But 
that's not how all churches are set up. Right. <laughs> there's right, boards, yeah, yeah, there's yep, CPAs, yep. there's receipts, yep. there's you got to keep track of stuff. You don't just get a yeah. company credit card and you just go crazy and right. buy Supreme hoodies for $10,000 because you feel like it. That's not how most churches <laughs> yeah, are set up. Exactly. So talk a little bit about like a rhythm church. What is sure. that process like? What does the budget look like? How do right. you guys go about How much does the church know? Who oversees that kind of stuff? Right, exactly. So as far as budgeting goes... Um, as a as a nonprofit, people have a, a right to know what your budget is. Mm -hmm. They don't have a right to know what salaries are. Okay. So you can say like a certain allotted amount is for salaries. Yep. A certain amount goes to this, and a certain amount goes to that. Yep. Um, I just so I just, generally speaking, so, a million dollars comes in. Mm -hmm. We spend for fifty percent on staffing, fifty percent yep. on building, or however you want to yeah. break that down. So, so you, yeah, like fifty percent on staffing. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially in S Southern California, it's always going to look different, yeah. right? Because of like your pockets and cost of living, and so so like fifty percent on staffing, thirty percent on uh, on uh, facilities, mm -hmm. um, ten percent on uh, uh, missions and outreach, and yep. so on and so forth. Yep. And then you know the rest kind of in there with like for different ministries yep. purposes and whatnot. Sure. So um, so they have a right to know generally to, what comes generally in. Generally what comes in. Ma yeah. Macro. Macro. Yeah. This for is sure. what's coming this in. This is what's coming. They in. should have a right to know approximately what the percentages yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. What else? And then um, and I think these are good indicators of a healthy church. By the way, that's also why I'm asking. For sure. Yeah. yeah. We we matter of fact, we just had a, a woman who started coming to our church recently and just called and said, hey can I ask you about your finances? And I said, yeah, sure. What do you want to know? Mm -hmm. And so she just asked, you know, I said, well, this is about what we bring in every month. This is about, you know, what we brought in for the year. This is our budget for this year, mm -hmm. kind of overarching, like, you know, this is what we're hoping for. Yeah. This is what we're giving to. These are the outreaches that we do. Yep. This is about how much. So, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll let people know that yeah. stuff for sure. What and, does approximately go back out to ministry and go back out to missions that most churches would you say do in terms of Hey, we, we we generate this much, but usually this is going back into the community, whether mm -hmm. that's soup kitchens or whether that's we're doing outreaches and backpack drives, yeah, or sure. we're just giving to other churches. I think a lot of probably anywhere between ten to thirty percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, ten to ten to twenty for sure. Because mm -hmm. you got to think about too, like um, people would look at people might look at salaries and go, oh, well, that's that's just money going to them. But mm -hmm. those people are the ones that are facilitating the ministries. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are running the outreaches. They're the ones that are, you know, making sure that all that stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, th I mean, ultimately everything that comes in and in, in essence goes back out, yep. you know, like, I mean, if you have a building that just sits there empty for the, you know, for the week, that's, yep. that's a shame. Yeah. You know, you should really do something different there. But if your facilities that you're paying on is like, like hosting groups and ministries sure. and team, and, you know, like sure. that's, that's awesome. Sure. And you, but you said, um, <laughs> not everybody should be entitled to know what the staff makes, what exactly. everybody's salary yep. is. And that's just to kind of protect the people. That's totally it's to protect the people. And, and some of it's because uh, uh, someone might look at like what one of the staff makes and go, well, that's too little. And some will look and go, well, that's too much, mm. you know? Yeah. And it, too little and too much is always kind of usually dictated on what you make. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm always, I always tend to look at what pastors make and I go, the, is this enough for them to buy a house in the area they're living in? Right. Is this enough for them to send their kids to college? You know, so yeah. I'm always going to be the guy like, yeah, I think we should pay them a little more. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we should probably pay Come them a little on, bro. more. Uh, where other people are yeah. like, they've never seen six figures. Right. So if they find out a pastor in Southern California is making six figures or, yeah. or New York is making six figures, you're like, oh, he's rich. And it's yeah. like, bro, no. six figures in New York City, California, San Francisco, uh, Miami, that's not a lot of money. Nope, that's not a lot of money with a family and all the all the things that that, that that go into just 
living in places. And so I think obviously that's relative, but that makes sense. What else? How about, um, so I, I think having accountability within, okay. um, like multiple eyes on your budget, mm-hmm. multiple eyes on your profit and loss statements every month. Yeah. Um, like for instance, our book, our bookkeeper isn't even in state. Mm-hmm. She's actually, she's mobile. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so she sees everything that comes through and then our PNL gets sent to myself or executive pastor. Mm-hmm. And then another guy that's uh, one of our trustees that doesn't even go to our church, but he's mm-hmm. a businessman of mm-hmm. a startup, an entrepreneurial businessman. So he gets it. He understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's submitting your budget to your trustees to yeah. say, hey, what do you guys think? Because a nonprofit has to have, you a, have, board to have a board and a trustees. You can't just wing it. And even so, mm-hmm. some pastors could set it up where they consolidate all the power. Right. On paper, you're still not supposed to structure stuff it, that, and that way. And that's the thing with all of this stuff. It always comes down to, because uh, I'm sure Hillsong had multiple levels of all this different stuff, right? Sure. But but you can have, uh, like you could have, for instance, your church government set up to where your church has to vote on everything, yeah. right? But if you have the the... The, the leader in place that's corrupt yeah. and is able to manipulate and able to sway, yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. Yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. You can have an like a church that's like completely, you know, elder run. Mm-hmm. But if the guy that's the lead guy can, you know, has something on each of the elders and, you know, like it always like yeah. accountability just comes down to, are you willing to be accountable? Yeah. 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 How does accountability and relationship work for most pastors because it's a tough position to right. be in where if you are the guy who do you go to mm-hmm. to to open up and be vulnerable and get help you know and, and how for does sure. how does that, and, I, and it seems like that was very lacking in in specifically this entire institution how would you say all, the average church is dealing with keeping leaders healthy Man, and keeping know. guys anchored i don't know if there's an average church kind of in this deal uh-huh. i think that um i mean church governments are kind of all over the place you know as far as some that are elder ran, some that are staff ran, elder supported or advisory board supported, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Again, it just comes down to how transparent are you willing to be and um, how careful do you want to be? So like, for instance, myself, because the, the, the crazy thing is um, we can get fired for what most people, no one blinks an eye at, Yep. you know? Yep. Um, you know, if you get a DUI, you're still doing this channel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but if, but you know, if I get a DUI, then I'm like, you know, pushed aside for a while having to do, you know, all sorts of stuff. But yeah. um, I think that like, so for me personally, I have pastors in my life yeah. that are mentor pastors yeah. and, and friends. That's good. So for instance, my wife and I got into a, a, a very heated fellowship the other night. Fellowship means argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was heated. And, um, and you know, like, man, it was a bummer because it started off so so sweet. It was such a sweet conversation, and it just flipped, and the enemy got in there, and all of a sudden, like, we're we're not yelling at each other, but yeah. we're saying things. Yeah. And I said something. I thought like, pastors never argue. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> no, I am. But uh, so it, it got to the point to where I said something that basically just shut the whole conversation down. And at that moment, I was like, "You're an idiot." Mm. So my wife got up and left. I texted uh, a friend of mine, um, a pastor friend who was in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's some guy across the country. Yeah. It's a guy that, and I just said, Hey man, my wife and I just got into it. I said something I shouldn't have said. Um, just be praying for us. Yeah. You know, let's talk the next day. FaceTimes me. How you doing? Mm. How'd it go? how did it end up? What'd you say? Yeah. What's the deal? Praying for you. He goes, what's that one thing you're going to do today? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm 
going to tell her I'm sorry. Yeah. He goes, no, bro, you're going to go get her flowers. Yeah, you know? hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's that one thing. So it's, it's, it's do you, you know, do you have those people in your life that you can go, hey, man, I'm really struggling with lust right now. Yeah. Be praying for me. Check yeah. up on me. Yeah. Hey, man. Um, like for another pastor friend of mine said, hey, man, I'm actually really struggling. Um, you know, uh, wanting to look at porn, so on and so forth. And uh, I said, okay, well, I'm going to text you and check up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like a code word that I can use? So that like, if you're in a meeting, sure, it sure, doesn't sure. come up like, hey man, you're, you're not looking at porn, are you? But like, you know, but what's the code word? And yeah. I said, so I'd, I'd text him, hey man, how's that such and such going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know? That's good. And, and, and most guys aren't, intentionally looking to usurp accountability to authority in mm-hmm. their life, right? Like, right. And, and that's, again, that's why I think some of this stuff is so disingenuous in a way it's framed, is it's framed as everyone is right. a Brian Houston and a Carl yeah. Lentz. And, and the reality is that though they're actually the outliers. It's right. just when something bad happens, it gets amplified and blown up because it's, because it's, good media for sure it's yeah. interesting stories people love watching car wrecks they do you know what i mean yeah, people like real, watching yeah. this stuff and so it's like but that is not the the average there's a lot of guys that are gonna lead faithful ministries yep and that you're never gonna hear about you never hear about that and they're gonna have yeah. a church of a couple hundred or a yep. couple thousand and they're gonna serve jesus yep. and they're gonna lead their church and 100%. they're gonna marry and bury people and they will never have a national platform no nope. it's the I don't know, hundred or so that have shipwrecked their freaking lives yep. that become this the news. And and I the when we have to as church culture, especially for those that do have those national platforms, we have to have a a, a grace or a because you know, like um I think about like Judah Smith mm-hmm. and um, you know, regardless of what people think of him or his theology or any of that stuff, um you know, like he's been pretty open and honest about like him and his wife have had really honest conversations about things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether, I mean, I'm, I won't get into it, but like, you know, they, it's on podcasts. You can sure. listen to all that stuff. Sure. And they got flayed for it. Mm. Yeah. But like, well, well, to be fair, well, to be fair, but this man was talking about yeah, using masturbation I'm, as a yeah, gift. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that point. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. And but, I didn't flay him by myself. I brought on a pastor who that, pastors a church, right? And then and then uh, let him. I wasn't him. talking about okay, that cool, point. I, sure. I was, I wasn't because that was a little wild. Yeah, that's a little. When wild. he jumped out the window with that, yeah, he went. Oh, we yeah. see masturbation as a great gift from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, what are we talking about, bro? Oh, no, but no, Judah's no, no. a great guy. I've met Judah yeah. before. Oh, yeah, a sweet guy. Uh, like, like in that circle was was genuinely like a pretty normal dude. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. I think where he where where he was honest about how they how they how he would say like I find this woman attractive. I like the attention she's giving me. Mm-hmm. He would tell his wife that, mm. and and he said he said that stuff publicly. Yeah, and people are like, oh, what the heck, man? Should you? I mean, where? At least he's being public and open with it. Yeah, I mean he's not, and he's and he's not leaning into it. He's not giving into it. The reason why he's not leaning into it and giving into it is because he's brought it to the light. Mm. At least I'm hoping he's not right. Yeah. You know, because yeah. sin dwells in darkness. That's and good. So all it takes is Carl one time going like, "Man, if anyone finds out about this, man, how many how many lives is that going to shipwreck here in New York?" Yeah, I got to keep that quiet. And yeah. then sin festers. Yeah, and it festers. Yep. And all of a sudden. You're driving over to some chick's house yeah. at night doing tequila shots with her. Yeah. And then hooking up. Yeah. Yuck. 
Ah, uh, man. We're going to go to some of your guys' questions. Here's here's what I think. And, and you tell me what you think about this. I, uh, I, I think that there's a certain element that gets communicated to attract that type of attention from women. Mm. Right? Okay, yeah. Like, I've been a very public figure for a number of years. I've maybe gotten two sus dms from girls okay i like this yeah. is not stuff that i i find this girl attractive and i like the attention she's giving me is never a thought that's ever crossed my mind okay you know and yeah. maybe i'm just not a good looking guy <laughs> you know like maybe it's just not me but i but, 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 but i i think there's something deeper to it i do think that there are certain guys that put out kind of like yeah christian hoe energy yeah you know what i mean yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then oh, they yeah. they get it <laughs> you know and then they're like well, if the Lord hadn't made me so good looking, you know, and then <laughs> right. you got to tell your wife that you like the attention you're getting. Yeah, and I'm yeah, just like, true. Yeah. I don't put that energy out. I don't really get this sort of attention from women. Yeah. Like I, I can sit around after an event and talk to hundreds of people and like, like I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I I, 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 maybe I it's, you. maybe it's flashing the D root, you know, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe, you know, I'm just, I'm just being frank. Yeah, and no, I don't I know if you. this is something you. you experience as a pastor, like, right. like, is the difference between an attractive woman being friendly and like, oh, these are actual innuendos. I've never gotten right. actual innuendos. I, I th honestly, I think there's been, and I and I show you my phone. Like, there's hundreds of DMs. Sure, I think I've maybe gotten one weird one with like a girl sending me a, a selfie, okay. and I was just like, this is weird. That's weird. Yeah. Delete. Yeah. You know. But help me think through this because the guys that, yeah. that say like I'm getting all this attention, I'm like, well, are you putting out? Are you are you are you communicating anything that would gravitate their sort of attention where stuff gets flurried? And I'm because I think the flip side to this is like men just don't interact with women at all. Right. That's also weird. That's weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. I think there's a lot of value that that women could have and perspective that yeah. women could have. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? So I, um, man, I think which it's it's interesting. I've I've met I've known a lot of pastors who are not attractive, mm -hmm. um, who get a lot of like get weird notes from women they get like mm. you know uh even stalkers yeah and stuff because again it comes back to that thing of people are attracted to a platform mm. right and I, so so i would i might challenge you a little bit and say that uh that if you were on a platform more mm -hmm. out in the public square more mm -hmm. out in that thing you would probably get more personal interaction mm. right yeah um, yeah yeah, because if, if, if there's 50 people every week, I'm talking to 100 people every yeah. week. I'm talking to that just increases the odds of that yeah, potentially exactly, happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that that's I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. So whether they're putting out an energy or not, but I do think though in a weak moment that the energy that they're throwing towards you, mm -hmm. especially if things are rough at home, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a wow. You really you think I'm uh, mm -hmm. you think I'm something? You think I'm something? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Uh, I would say that, but I, I think it's important though to set up those boundaries, yeah. right? For um, I bring my wife on stage with me every week, yeah, and she yeah. says something, and because you're not putting out Christian Ho energy, I'm trying. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't major in that, so yeah. I don't like. I majored in theology, not Christian Ho energy. <laughs> um, and so, so people in in my circles know how much I love my wife, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and her and I are incredibly intentional about making sure that we are good. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So um so so that way, like, 
yeah, man, Christian Ho energy. I think it's dangerous. <laughs> I think it's all over the place, though. Really, <laughs> I do, man. I do because you know, I mean, people are people are people. People are people. People man. are people, and people are weird, and yeah. people are complicated, and people are confusing. They you know? are. Um, but yeah, and 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 I like what you said about like if if home life is good. Which I think then that that really has to be a priority for a pastor, you know, yeah, or, or anyone in influence who's for a Christian, sure. really. You know what I mean? It's like prioritizing that. Like J- Jeremy Foster, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, you dig into his home life, not good, mm. not good at all. Yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, we're gonna go to some of your guys's questions. If you guys got questions for Pastor Jeff, if you want to go the extra mile, partner with us to keep us independent. Help us continue making content like this for as little as $5 a month so we can stay brand-free, only answering to you, never, ever having to make goofy commercials like these. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where Mudwater comes in. True Classic has got your pack. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird. Lady. Objective credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, included 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after party streams, exclusive access to our Discord community, and early access to our podcast interviews all starting for only five dollars a month las vegas join me and some of you guys might be familiar with my boy ruslan kd las vegas join me for the christian influencers convention happening july 26 from 10 a.m to 6 p.m we'll be doing a panel with some of the top influencers in the country as well as a private intimate meet and greet you can get tickets and more information by hitting the eventbrite link below don't miss this opportunity to come and hang out and spend some time with some of your favorite christian influencers all in the beautiful city of las vegas july 26 i'll see you over there peace i'll see you there What do you mean? Bruce Long.